Hey, I'm having a lot of money on you, man. Well, uh, you, uh, you getting ready to be a rich nigga. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Knows Money. Yeah. This is the Talking Cash Podcast. Yeah. And that voice you are hearing is my engineer slash producer slash co-host. Mojo Hill. You damn right. Look, last week we left off with the Black Wealth Gap. This episode is called Playing From Behind. But before we get into all that, we got to tell you where you can find us at. You can follow me personally, Jeff Knows Money. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can follow the show on Twitter at Talking Cash or on Instagram at Talking Cash Podcast. And I hope you are listening to us through Apple Podcast. If you are, please comment, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. If you do not leave us a five-star review, I hope your eye droops like Forrest Whitaker's eye. Let's get to it. Why are we playing from behind? Would it shock you if I told you it was designed this way? Yep, the black wealth gap was created by the government. We were written out of the American dream. Hold on, hold on, excuse me? Exactly. I know you find that hard to believe that the American government did not look out for black people. But I'm here to disappoint you and tell you that it was true. And while we got some great feedback from our fans, unfortunately, most of you got it wrong. You had some great answers, but they were wrong. Answers ranged from the black wealth gap being created by a breakdown in the black family, lack of education, not owning much in the way of real estate or not owning our own businesses, which that is a symptom. Um, wasting our money on material things, not saving enough, not supporting each other, not leaving an inheritance, which also is a symptom. We did have somebody get it right. Shout out to Richard Thompson, ace dog of the 95 line from the Beta Eta chapter of Omega Sci-Fi, my home chapter. He got it right. So Richard, we got a t-shirt coming your way. Um, we have a put your own own t-shirt Come your way for winning um, our survey this week. Unfortunately, all we have is a kid's medium, so uh, that's what you're getting. We don't have no sponsors yet, so you deal with it. So, throughout the history of America, the government has created social safety nets to help with home ownership, education, and other things. And in most of those social safety nets, black people were excluded. So for a typical family, the largest share of their wealth comes from home ownership and home equity. Wealth and financial stability for communities are directly linked to housing opportunities and home ownership. So think about it. If I can make it easier for one group to own homes and I can exclude another group or at least make it more difficult for them to own housing, then I just created wealth inequality. 
and that's how they did it. So here are a few examples of how this was done. Number one, the Homestead Act. This act was passed back in 1862. The Homestead Act gave away millions of acres for free. It gave 160 acres to each recipient. All you had to do was basically pay a small registration fee, live on that land for six years, and it was yours. That simple. 160 acres. Or you could just pay $200 and you would own the land outright. That $200 back then is equal to basically $5,000 in today's money. So think about that. Who wouldn't jump on 160 acres for $5,000? Do y'all know how much mid you can grow on 160 acres? Boy, that's long money. Long money. That's generational money. Oil paint on the wall. And a lot of mid. Oil triple the Reggie. And that's what we got locked out of. Roughly 10% of the land in this country was given away due to the Homestead Act. More than 1.6 million white families became landowners through the Homestead Act. How many black people got land through that? Four or 5,000, so essentially nobody. The Homestead Act was unquestionably the most extensive, radical, redistributive government policy in U.S. history. They did a census in 2000 and 46 million people, a quarter of our population, were descendants of Homestead Act recipients. So while they tell you that you need to work hard and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, they basically got the land for nothing. How does that make you feel? I don't like that shit. Yeah, sure, bro. Hell no. I don't like that shit. Hell no. And it continued. What's the second way they did it? The FHA, Federal Housing Authority. The FHA and redlining might even be worse than the Homestead Act. In 1934, the Federal Housing Administration was created. This government agency insured private mortgages. That caused a drop in interest rates, and it caused a decline in the size of the down payment that you had to make to own a house. So it made owning a house very affordable and accessible to basically everybody. Finally, I can have myself a little piece of something. Except if you're black. Damn. Yeah, I know. So, how did the FHA do that? They raided neighborhoods. If it was a desirable neighborhood, it was colored green. A less desirable neighborhood would be colored yellow. And a bad neighborhood would be colored red, hence the term redlining. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to determine how they figured out what was a good neighborhood versus what was a bad neighborhood. It was simply based on the amount of black people in the neighborhood. If a neighborhood had any black residents, regardless of their income or education level, 
It was a red neighborhood. A neighborhood with zero black people would be a green one, and that would be the desirable neighborhood. And this is important because the FHA insured mortgages. So banks would not lend to you if you were in a neighborhood where the FHA would not insure the mortgage. So that went on from 1934 to 1962. The government insured $120 billion in loans, and 98% of those loans went to white people. Again, we were locked out of the American dream. And the banks are still using those types of practices today when it comes to mortgage lending. There are a ton of articles out there, one done by The Reveal, and it shows that in major cities across this country, the disparity between white people receiving mortgages and black people receiving mortgages are just as high as they were during the Jim Crow era. Black people are still 60% more likely to be turned down for a mortgage than a white person who has the same credit profile. We also usually have to come up with a larger down payment. Also, in that Reveal article, they called out some banks in major cities across this country where 95 plus percent of the mortgages that they issued were to only white people. There's another way that the banks are discriminating against you. The banks lean on the credit scoring system. The credit scoring system is discriminatory in itself. The credit scoring system is run by three companies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. So you may be wondering, how is that discriminatory? Well, let me explain that to you real quick. People think that these credit scoring agencies are somehow government agencies, and they're not. These are private companies that have proprietary scoring models. The problem is these scoring models don't take into account certain products while they overweight your payment history with other products. How do they do that? Here's how. We always have cell phones. We have utilities. We have rent. Paying any of that on time does not improve your credit score. You can pay all of those on time for 10 years. It will not help your credit score. Miss one payment. Watch them bust your across the head. They'll decrease your credit score 30 to 50 points for one missed payment in spite of the fact that you've paid them straight for 10 years. Now, if you pay your mortgage on time, and mind you, we're locked out of mortgages, paying your mortgage on time helps you. Missing a mortgage payment does hurt you, but the longer you pay your mortgage on time, the more it helps you. While it's not outright discrimination, we can see through what's going on. The credit scoring agencies have basically created a model that's all downside and no upside for black people. The stuff that we pay on time for the longest period of time, it doesn't help you. But 
if we miss any payments, it penalizes us. The things that will improve your credit score, we've been locked out of by the banking system. Come on now. To quote Jay-Z, you can't sell me bullshit, know the prices. Now I just explained to you how the government and the banks are jumping on your Let me show you how the rest of the financial industry got in on it. Car insurance companies, they are still doing this right now. Your car insurance premium is not so much based on your driving record. It's mainly based on where you live. Inner city, poor communities pay more for car insurance than the suburban areas. That's still redlining. They even did it with life insurance. You ever wonder why your granny paid life insurance premiums for 40 years and then she gets like a $6,000 death benefit? Oh, we reached out by 10 bows a minute. Those are the type of products we were sold. Those are not the type of products that everybody else was sold. While we're getting $5,000 policies, Everybody else is getting $500,000 policies or $1 million policies. Ooh, we gonna need some more cigars for all this meat. I'm buying a whole baby cash. That's creating generational wealth. That is also creating a huge wealth gap. So as you can see in history, there has been a push by the government to create a white middle class. And there are some other programs that continue that push. The GI Bill. The GI Bill also gave vets access to low interest rate and zero down payment home loans. Of course, very few went to black people. On top of that, we all know that the GI Bill paid for college. We were discouraged from going to college. If we went, we were really pushed to go to vocational schools or to HBCUs. There's nothing wrong with HBCU, but they basically did not want us using government money to try and go to a PWI. And the other really big social safety net was, of course, Social Security. The Social Security Act of 1935 basically guaranteed the majority of Americans retirement income. But that act, when it was passed, specifically excluded two types of occupations, agricultural workers and domestic servants. So basically, field hands and people cleaning houses. And obviously, those jobs were majority black or Mexican. That exclusion further suppressed the African-American community, and it made it even more difficult for us to lift ourselves up out of poverty. So again, when everybody tells you this is a country where if you work hard, you can pull yourself up, we're going to throw the bull flag on that because we're doing that, but you didn't have to. Now, I just gave y'all a complete rundown of... The last roughly 150 years where the federal government, along with banking institutions, have tag teamed and jumped on black people to lock us out of the American dream, lock us out of financial independence and create the wealth gap. And I know you're probably thinking, damn, that's messed up. Oh, but you thought that was it, didn't you? Remix.
Oh, you thought that's all they did? Take that, take that, take that. Then dance off like Diddy. You thought they just left it alone right there, didn't you? Ooh, Rick Flash slap him across the chest with it. I got a bonus ass whooping for you. Here comes one off the top rope. In spite of everything that I just gave you, there were some black people who actually were able to own some real estate. And it was stolen from them. Y'all killing me with this Over the last century, there has been a war waged against black farmers. This war has dispossessed 98% of black farmers in America. What is dispossessed? That's just a fancy word for saying it was stolen from us. We got finessed. So over this past century, black farmers have lost 12 million acres. Half a million black farms across the country failed from 1950 to 1975. It is estimated that something to the order of 6 million acres was lost by black farmers from 1950 to 1969. Black-owned cotton fields across the South almost completely disappeared. According to The Atlantic, that dollar figure loss, and this counts the value of the land and also the potential income from that land, Totals anywhere from $3.7 billion, with a B, to $6.6 billion in today's dollars. How did they do that, you may be wondering? Easy. Same way they did all the other stuff. They had government agencies set up to help small family farms. And, of course, all of the aid, all the support went to small white family farms. Black farmers were basically ignored or they got targeted with predatory loans. Any type of government assistance that was set aside for farms, the local officials were the ones who decided who got what. So, of course, in the South, you had racist white men looking out, of course, for other white men and completely ignoring the black farmers. And if they couldn't get you on the government assistance, then the tax assessors would get you. So they would come out, give you an insanely high tax assessed value on the farm, which then turned around and meant you could not pay the tax liability due on your farm, which then made them foreclose on your farm and give your farm back to Massel. And if you were just one of them big wig, page-turning, smart niggas who figured out how to skirt all of that, then they just used good old-fashioned violence. Yep. Nothing like a good old lynching or nigger footing to run you off your land. That's how all of them from Mississippi ended up in Chicago. So let's give you the playback on this. They came to America, took the land from the Indians, brought us over here to work it. We work it. Somehow get free. Quote unquote free. And then we think to ourselves, well, all this land up under our feet that we've been slaving over, we'll get some of that and we'll keep working and slaving and make some money on it. This is a personal finance show. Why is all this important? Well, it's important because I wanted to show you why the black wealth gap existed, where it really came from. And it wasn't anything that we particularly did or did not do. And the main reason I wanted to show you this is because you need to wake up. Help isn't coming. It's on us. And it's up to you personally. So the rest of this season is going to be us 
dropping some financial bars on y'all to show you how you can help stop that in your family, how you can help bridge that gap personally and through your community. Next week, we're doing our spin on budgeting. Here's why. Because y'all be getting to the money. That's what y'all saying. But y'all f***ed up. And I'm going to show you how. But this is what I want to know from my audience. What is something that you could cut out of your budget, something simple that you could cut out of your budget that's going to help you become wealthy? I'll put any amount of money on it. Your answer is going to be way different from mine. Next week, we get into why some of that cliche financial advice is bullshit. Holla at us. <laughs>